I'm just going to take maybe sort of 10 minutes or so just to, uh, to talk a little bit about um, why Christmas is just such uh, good news. And I want to wish you all a, a happy Christmas. It's a great time of year. I hope you're starting to feel kind of vaguely ready for things. And I, I guess so we're, we're only a few days away now and we aren't. And, uh, and things can get really quite stressful uh, at this point, can't they? Uh, I'm just pleased, actually, that we've been able to put on a carol service even uh, at all this year. Because I'm sure that for many of us, we were wondering if this would happen. So let's, let's just explore why Christmas is so good. I, I sometimes kind of find myself at this time of year, you might be the same, I don't know. Um, you realise that you have certain people to buy gifts for. And, um, and gradually, the, the, the days on the Advent calendar get fewer and fewer and fewer. But you've still got presents to buy. Um, and, uh, and that's not ideal, um, but I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one who has at times left it until Christmas Eve uh, to buy a gift for my wife. Um, but don't do that, because I have decided that buying Christmas gifts is an interesting art. Uh, I've done a bit of thinking about this, and um, I've come up with my own little categorization of Christmas presents. Um, I want to play a little game with you. I think I've got four categories of Christmas gift. And I want you to think if you can come up with an example from your own life where you have received or maybe given one gift in each of these categories. The first is this. It is, if you like, the needed gift. Uh, Someone says to you or you say to somebody, what do you need this Christmas? Uh, And lo and behold, on Christmas morning, it turns up. It's the, the needed gift. You ever got a gift like that? It's, it's generally socks or underwear or something like that. Yeah, we've all been there. The needed gift. That's the first type of gift. But secondly, we have the wanted gift. Uh, these presents, in my opinion, are better. Uh, you don't need them. You just want them. If the needed gift is fun- uh, functional, the wanted gift is just fun. They're there for you to enjoy. I love those kind of gifts. If you ever asked, what would you like for Christmas? Well, that's good. I got some Christmas, uh, I got some uh, golf clubs one year. That was great. Didn't need them, loved them. Thirdly though, and I'll, I'll, I'll come to the name of this one in a second, but these are the gifts that when you receive them, you unwrap them, you sat there thinking, why on earth have they bought this for me? Uh, you presume that it was probably cheap, um, and, uh, or alternatively, that they were somehow recycling a gift from the previous year that somebody had given them that they didn't really want themselves. You ever got one of those? I reckon we've probably all got a friend who are really good at finding those kind of presents each year. Um, but you know when, when kind of people say it's the thought that counts? Well, these have generally involved no thought whatsoever. <laughs> So I've decided, if it, at the risk of sounding quite ungrateful, these are the rubbish gifts. The rubbish gifts. But fourthly, there are another type of gift. Uh, the things that I guess maybe you open and in the first moment, in the first instance, you, you wonder, what is it? Or what am I going to do with it? Because you weren't expecting it. But then... Actually, after a little while, it turns out to be absolutely genius. It's amazing. You you didn't realise that you wanted it. You didn't realise that you needed it. But 
somebody had taken a lot of time and effort to think about this present and has actually come up with something that is even better than you could have wanted or imagined. It's genius. This is, if you like, the perfect gift, a special gift. I love these kind of gifts. I wonder if you've ever had one of those where you just think, this is perfect. I wasn't expecting it, but it brings a smile to our faces. I hope you can perhaps think of a gift that falls into each of those categories. I like to think that most of the gifts that I give are in the bottom right-hand corner, um, but, um, but my family might care to differ uh, on that one. But how do I make sure that I get a good gift? How do you make sure that you, uh, you actually give something uh, that, that's going to be a great thing on Christmas Day? And so what I've done is I've done a bit more research and discovered a really rich supply of inspiration on the television, uh, because that is obviously a great source of inspiration. Um, But there is a really simple way of knowing if a gift is any good or not. Uh, And I've brought a gift here to test it out. As you'd expect, it's it's beneath the tree, but but here it is, all, all nicely wrapped. So, is this a good gift or is this not a good gift? Let's have a look. It's got to be a good gift, right? Because every good gift on telly, when you open it, it shines out the box. It's, it's, it's a couple of lights. But, but that's the thing, isn't it? When, when, you, when you see on TV or, or something like that, a, a, an advert for a really good gift, you open the gift and it, it just shines. Illuminates, makes your face glow, it brightens your life. That's what the advertisers want you to to believe about that particular thing. The best gifts are the ones that bring light to dark places, that bring light to your unmet needs, that bring light to your unsatisfied desires. Those are the best gifts. And actually, that's a bit of what we heard in our reading earlier on, one of them. It's just going to come up on the screen from Isaiah uh, chapter 9. It says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You see, light in darkness. This is a good gift. But then we're going to go on to read. Well, why is it? Why is it so good? Well, the first thing that we see in it is that there's joy. You see how that keeps on getting repeated? It increased their joy. They rejoice as people rejoice. As warriors rejoice. You see, that's a gift of joy. You're really happy when you get this. And then it gives us three reasons why. Because it says for the start of the next verse. Why? For you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The rod of their oppressor. There's freedom in this gift. It's a gift that brings freedom. And then it talks later on, doesn't it, about every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. You see, there's no battles anymore, no fights to be had. There is peace. It's all burned up. There's security because there's no hostility from anybody else. No more wars, no more battles, just light in dark places. And so we can see that this is a reason for hope, can't we? But why? Why, again, is this a reason for hope? What, 
what brings about this hope? Well, our reading goes on and it says this, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. So at the heart of this hope, the hope of of joy, of freedom, of peace, of security is a baby. A child is born. But as we were hearing earlier on in that video, he is more than just a baby. In the reading, we heard what he was going to be called. He was going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's going to establish a kingdom with justice and righteousness doing the right thing. That's a quite impressive list of titles. Most people uh, can't claim to be anywhere near that. But those words were, were promises of God written 600 years before Jesus ever set foot, or Mary and Joseph set foot in Bethlehem. But many people at the time, and for for 2,000 years since, have joined the dots and said, well, those words were speaking about Jesus, which is why we read these verses in a Christmas carol service. So what I want to do is this, I guess for us to join those dots together and get a handle on what really is going on at Christmas. And I think it's this. In his infinite wisdom, the eternal almighty God becomes just like one of us. A weak, insignificant baby. Why? Well, in order to make our world right again in order to bring freedom and peace and security, which brings great joy. That's why. He he experienced the struggles of living in our world. He knew pain, he knew suffering, he knew betrayal by friends, he knew of others attacking him, attacking his character. He saw the impacts and knew the impacts of illness, of hunger, of loneliness, of injustice, of sadness. All the things that we think of as darkness in the world, Jesus came to live in those places. And he came to make it light. He came to bring joy to those who've experienced sadness in life. Freedom to those who know what it is to be oppressed and exploited, who've suffered at the hands of others' greed. He's brought peace to those who've known conflict He's brought security to those burdened by anxiety and worry. I suspect when we step back and look at the world, we see these things everywhere, don't we? Sadness, greed, oppression, conflict, anxiety. Doesn't that describe our world? It's broken. And yet the weird thing is we think that's normal. We think that's just how it should be. But have you, ever, have you ever been in that situation? You know where you've sat in a room for a while and uh, maybe you've been reading or focusing on, on something or watching the TV as, as evening is drawn in and somebody comes into the room. What's the first thing they say? They say, it's dark in here, isn't it? And then they turn the light on. And when they turn the light on, all of a sudden... Everything is clear. It's like, oh, wow, it really was dark. And you're kind of eyes adjusting 
to, to the light that's there. Jesus came into our dark world to turn the light on. Not just to help us see things that aren't as they should be, but actually to bring light permanently to a dark world. But why is it that our world is so dark? Why is it that we have sadness and conflict and oppression and injustice and slavery and suffering and all of those things? Why? Well, the thing is, the problem isn't just out there. We know of people that can do all sorts of things like that. But if we're honest, sometimes that we realize that we're the reason why other people have experienced sadness or conflict or suffering or oppression or injustice or any of those things. We realize the problem is often inside of ourselves. We are part of the brokenness. We all are. The darkness of our world isn't, though, a physical problem that if we work a bit harder and think a bit harder, we can sort out. No, I think we all realize that no matter how hard we work, we can't do that. It's a spiritual problem that's rooted inside all of us. Because actually we're slaves to focusing on what we want, on what's best for me. And we're all pursuing that path. And in society, as everybody does that, we become further apart and we actually start upsetting others, oppressing others, because we're living for ourselves. But more than that, we become enemies of God as well. Because we're living as if we're more important than he is. We're at war with him because we want to take control. And Jesus came in to deal with that most fundamental of problems. In Jesus, God came to release us from the slavery to selfishness by changing us from the inside out. So if you realize that this problem for yourself, you can't overcome it by willpower but Jesus came to bring us freedom from ourselves, slavery to that selfishness. In Jesus, God came to forgive us for our hostility to God by dying for us. He provides peace, peace with himself, but peace with one another. And in Jesus, God came to bring us security as that forgiveness and peace means that we can know God forever. So think about those gifts that we thought about earlier on. Well, we need to add another gift in here. It goes up there in the, uh, in the middle. It's the gift of Jesus that he brings joy, freedom, peace and security. And it might sound a bit corny, but, but I want to say there is nothing better than knowing Jesus. Who doesn't want to live in a, an everlasting kingdom ruled by righteousness and justice all the time? So I guess the question for us all this evening is this. It's really simple. If you agree that there are four different types of gift, then which one does Jesus fit into? Which one does joy, freedom, peace and security that he brings fit into? Is it that you know you need these things? In which case... Jesus is satisfying your needs. Is it that you know you want these things? Well, it's that Jesus satisfies your desires. Or is it that you've listened 
and you just think, that's really nice, thank you very much for the last 15 minutes. But I'm not that interested. I don't want Jesus, I don't need Jesus, I'm perfectly happy without him. In which case, actually, Jesus fits into the rubbish gift category. Or is it that Jesus has turned the light on for you in your life, maybe even this evening? And you're thinking to yourself that Jesus might be exactly who you want and who you need. Well, if that's the case, please do find out more. There are opportunities, maybe chat to myself or chat to Ben, who was up here earlier on, or somebody that you came with that you're invited by. Jesus entered our, your dark world to bring light to it. So, in the words of our final carol, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. <laughs>